0: Welcome to Chantel Inspires. Each week, this program will address some of life's challenges, such as sexual abuse, suicide, rape, bullying, and more. Many of us face challenges like these in everyday life. Chantel shows us that we can overcome these challenges as well as be the light in the darkness of others who face similar setbacks. Now, here is your host, Chantel.
1: All right, hello, hello, and welcome to the show. This is Chantel, and you are listening to Chantel Inspires. Thank you guys so much for rejoining us this week. Last week we had uh, Belinda uh, Pharrell, and she was wonderful talking about Huna healing and all of the things that she has overcome in her life. And today I'm gonna, I have the honor of having Amanda Johnson on. She actually helped me write my book Homefront Warriors. And I'm going to give you a little bio on her. This is this is a little bit about Miss Amanda Johnson. Amanda is a writer, she's a teacher, host of the Being Inspired radio show, and author of Becoming Enough, a heroine's journey to already perfect to the already perfect self. Amanda inspires recovering perfectionists and overthinkers to turn their critic into their ally so they can reveal their wholeness within and go from never enough to always okay. And with that, I want to
2: welcome you, Amanda. How are you? Oh, I'm doing so well. Thank you, Chantel, for having me. This is such a pleasure. So fun to reconnect with you in this way. I know. I never, I, you know, I didn't know that I'd ever see you
1: again after, you know, writing our book or w- writing the book. And uh, it's so great to be able to reconnect with you. So you have written your own book, I see.
2: Can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely, yeah. So, first of all, just congratulations on on how you're stepping out. And, you know, your book was wonderful and inspiring and how fun that you are now sharing your inspiration in this format. And I think we have very similar journeys and similar calls for what we're here to do. And I, I love that we have found one another again in this space the book that I wrote is called Becoming Enough, A Heroine's Journey to the Already Perfect Self, as you said, and it was uh, published last year, so it's been a little over a year since it's been out in the world doing her work and (laughs) reaching and touching others. Uh, I I likened the whole process of writing a book much to the birthing process. Though I have never given birth to a, a child, I found that there were a lot of similarities, I think, to the process, and so I can say that, you know, she turned a year old in May, and, you know, mm-hmm. at some point, I imagine as a parent, we need to release our children into the world, maybe not at a year old, but uh, at some point, there does become that moment in time where it's no longer it's no longer me, um, that book is no longer mine, it now belongs to the world, and she is there to do what she is to do, So the book itself really was inspired by my own journey. It takes a look at my life and um, my experience and with this overwhelming need from a young age as far as I can remember to constantly strive for people's love and affection by doing things right, by being perfect, by doing it the way it's supposed to be done and that You looked so many different ways from being a small child and wanting to load the dishwasher correctly to getting good grades to marrying the right person to doing all of the things and checking all the boxes to saying the right thing. And I found that by my, I would say I've always been a speaker and I've always been someone who's been looking to become better. I've always been looking for ways to improve myself. Self-help and self-improvement was, you know, my go-to for most of my life, even as early as high school, I'd say I was reading self-help books and self-improvement books. So I had this whole lifelong pattern of constantly looking to be better than I am, improve. And by the time I was in my mid-20s, I think I started to pay attention to the fact that something wasn't quite working. Like, after all of these years of striving, after all of these years of trying to improve myself, I felt like I was just, like, chasing my own tail. I kept trying. Nothing seemed to fix it. Nothing seemed to make it, quote-unquote, better. And it was then finally when I, I would say I entered my 30s, And I was introduced to a couple of books and some concepts of what it means to be present and to be okay with what is, that something finally shifted. And what I felt shifted for me, or what I was finally ready to hear and ready to receive and ready to learn, was that all of this endless chasing and and trying to improve and be better and strive for more was... A moot point until I first learned to be okay with who I am, to recognize that I am already enough, and I felt that that was the missing piece for me, and it was only when I could come to that realization and that truth that I could then strive or do more or, quote-unquote, improve myself. So, that is a very brief summary, I suppose, of the journey of the book and and what inspired me to write it.
1: Wow, that's very profound. And you know, I have always learned, or has, have always been told, I should say, that because I, I struggled with that through my whole life, never feeling like I was enough, always striving to be better somehow to get get the attention of the ones I love, and always just trying to find the right fit. And my mom, here I say it again, my mom always said, you have to love yourself first before you can love anyone else or give that to anyone else. You've got to love yourself first, and then it will all fall into place. So that that totally falls in line with with what you're saying and with what the book is all about.
2: Um, Absolutely. So what kind of... And I would of, add to the. yeah, I was going yeah. say, I'm going to add that one of the pieces that was so critical for me on my journey that I think a lot of us may run up against is many, many of us, especially anyone who's probably listening to a show like yours or anything on this mm-hmm. station, is... Is so aware. We're, we're self-aware beings. You know, we have this level of self-awareness and interest and curiosity, and we we do desire to be more of who we truly are, and we do desire to expand. That that desire is a is a fire. It burns within us. And and I I'm just now coming to the point of going. There's nothing wrong with that desire. There's nothing wrong with wanting to expand and evolve and be more quote unquote. I, I had to, I had to come to terms with that. After after I first learned to be enough and that was the thing. And what I want to say also is this we are in this self aware space. And I know I felt I was myself. I was so aware of myself. All of my <laughs> all of my, you know, bad habits and all the things I didn't do well. And what I noticed was self awareness without self love is torture. And so that yes. is where the self love piece does come in, and it will, where it came in for me, and you're absolutely right, that's very much, I, I don't know if I use that language much in the book, though it absolutely is talking about the same thing. If we are aware of ourselves, but we don't have the compassion or the love to then hold that and to be gentle with ourselves, we are creating our, a nightmare. We are creating, um, you know, just a torturous experience for ourselves. At least that was my experience.
1: Indeed. Um, so with the with the book, when you started, did you start it just a year ago, or has this been something that has kind of been rumbling around for a while for you? I mean, obviously, you've been thinking about things like this your whole life, but when did you finally say, you know what, I need to put this out there? Hmm.
2: Yeah, I'd say my timeline, and I'm so time is such a funny thing for me. So forgive me if I'm like stumbling on. Wait, what year was it? But let's oh, see. It, um, the book was yeah, the book was released last May, and so and then I would say it was about a year and a half before that, where I really sat down and started putting pen to paper or fingers to keyboard at I work yeah. and started to outline, and you know, and then let's say it was even. um probably a year before that, where the inspiration to write the book really sparked and then solidified over that year. So, basically, a few years ago, my my personal journey was, um, it's been a little over four years ago now, that I quit very, you know, what people would call, quote-unquote, like, Traditional job, career, etc. I quit my job. I had been um, a consultant for many years, and I was working as a business development, a director of business development on this, you know, new startup company. And so I was kind of in this very, um, quote unquote, traditional path, I suppose which actually did not feel aligned for me at all, but I really was following the guidance and following the flow of of where I was being led and that's where I was being guided. And then I had an opportunity to step away and I could have gone straight back into some other job and there was just something pulling at me. At this point in my life, I had already read these books, um, which were Eckhart um, Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now and Michael A. Singer's The Untethered Soul. And those two books really served as a pivot point for me. And so now I was presented with this opportunity. I was beginning to practice what it meant to be present and to allow, you know, what is to be what is and to observe and all of these concepts that really formed the foundation for everything that I have since taught and practiced and written about. And at this time, I chose not to go back into a traditional job and pave my own path. And that started with... Uh, some writing of blogs, and then about a year after that, I had taken a light. I was doing life coach training, and I thought maybe I'll share my learning through videos, and then in a group program. And along this path, along this time frame, I started noticing a book is with a book is in Something more than weekly blogs or these short videos really needs to come up and out and through me. And it was at that time where the book idea was. An inspiration, uh, I was clear on what, I have three books that I am to write, the first being Becoming Enough, where we look at the non-judgment of things, being the non-judgmental observer, accept you know, being with what is and not labeling it right, wrong, good, or bad, because for me, that was the essential first step, if you will. Not that it is a linear journey, but that was such a key ingredient that I had been missing. And so I knew that was the first book I needed to write. And then once I was complete with my life coach training program and I I was very clear that life coaching was not my path, being an Mm -hmm. author was my path and being a teacher of this in some other way, then I started the outlining. And by the time I found someone who would help me bring the book into the world, um, then the, the process sped up, and we were able to get the book completed within a fairly short amount of time at that point. So it was definitely a multi year journey. And then when the book was ready to come, much like I think, again, like giving birth, you know, you're, you're <laughs> in your, you know, you've got the nine months, but then when that baby's ready to come out, it happens, and, you know, the, maybe hours or within, you know, minutes to
1: hours, I suppose, depending on your your process. Right. But yeah. Wow. Well see, for not knowing your timeline, you sure know your timeline quite well. <laughs> now, <laughs> <I> suppose, <laughs> if yeah. you guys will hang on for just a second, we're gonna go to break here and we'll be right back with Amanda Johnson. <laughs>
0: says Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Do you sometimes feel powerless over your own life? Does it seem like you're living for someone else, unsure of what your purpose is, or if you even have an important voice? It's time to take back that control. Tune in to Empowered with Des and Jen. They've been in the same place and have learned to regain control of their lives. They also feature amazing guests who share experiences of how they have found success. Start on your journey by listening Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. listening to Chantel inspires to reach the show call in to 1-888-346-9141 that's 1-888-346-9141 or send an email to Chantel at Chantelinspires.com now back to this week's show
1: All right, welcome back. And today we are having Amanda Johnson, the author of Becoming Enough, a heroine's journey to the already perfect self. And Amanda, welcome back. And for all of those listening out there, if you'd like to call in, please give, give us a call. And if you have questions for either Amanda or myself, we'd love to answer those on air. Um, but in the meantime, Amanda, we were just talking about your book. Now, do you want to tell us, first of all, where can we find your book?
2: Absolutely. You can find it on Amazon. And if you search okay. for Becoming Enough, it should pop up right away, um, either paperback or Kindle options. If you live in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, you can get it at our local bookstore there called Zambro's.
1: Wonderful. Um, so can you tell us a little bit, what kind of advice do you give in that book? Do you mind uh, giving us a little teaser mm-hmm. on on uh, what we can expect in the
2: book? Absolutely. Yeah, so my My intending with the book is was absolutely to serve as a source of inspiration through sharing my own experience and one thing I've learned one of many things I've learned and, and I'm sure many people can relate is our own experience can be um, certainly a A gift to others to connect with and say, "Oh, me too, me too, me too," and there are people who will have a very different experience. And so, I am very clear that my experience may not be everyone. So, um, I don't pretend that it will be. And I've actually had a few conversations with folks. I love it when they're like, "Wow, I'm, I just, I don't get that whole perfectionist thing. That was not my life experience." And I (laughs) feel good for you. That's great. (laughs) But for those who are, you know, I think anyone who feels. Much like what you said earlier, Chantel, this like, I'm always striving for more or, you know, trying to be the person other people want me to be. I think there's something in that that many of us can relate to. And so in my book, through the lens of my own experience, and as I briefly shared before, this kind of this ongoing never-ending need to be more, have more, do more, that, by the way, still lingers today. It's not like I have just rid myself of this completely. It's just I, I think I'm learning to have a new relationship with it. Uh, I take the reader through this journey, and I use the hero's journey structure um, from Joseph Campbell, and I, I show that there's you know this ordinary world that we start out in, and then at some point we hear the call for adventure, and and often the hero will first dismiss the call or refuse it and I think that happened many times in my own life where this little tap from my inner knowing, my inner wisdom, that that part within me that's like you are already enough you are whole and complete trust in that, be solid in that it wanted to make itself known many times in my life but I kept dismissing it, I kept ignoring it until one day and I would say uh, you know again that was at this time where I was in my late 20s, early 30s, and I just started to go, wow, something's just not, it's just not right. Like, this isn't, I don't think it should be this hard. I remember thinking, like, I don't think life is meant to be this hard. And <laughs> what really surprised me, and, you know, again, hearing the intro to your show, Chantal, you know, you, you, I'm sure, speak with so many people who have been through anything from, you know, again, these challenges and tragedies and even your own story of what you've been through and and overcome. I remember in my 20s thinking, wow, who am I to make my life so difficult because I've got it pretty darn good. Like my life, when you look at it on paper, looks pretty good. Very normal, quote unquote, right? I felt very blessed in so many ways in terms of having a, you know, a family with, uh, siblings and two parents who stayed together and, um, you know, very few tragedies I could say in my life. And I was getting to that point of wondering why is it so hard then? Um, and I later realized that I was making it hard. I was, because I was refusing to see that what I, who I am and what I have is already enough. And actually mm-hmm. I like to say this, because I talk about this in the book. That my life experience and the fact that I hadn't even, like, I didn't look at my suffering as enough, which is really interesting. Like, I actually looked at, at my life and said, I haven't even suffered enough yet. Like, that's how not enough I am. And I think yeah. that was a really big turning point for so In the book, I take the reader through this this journey of hearing the call and then finally accepting it and saying, I'm ready the mentors and teachers that I needed came into my life to guide me, to show me the way. And then I break down three main areas that I thought were those big moments for me to to reveal and really chew on and explore and then ultimately transform my relationship with. And the three big areas were perfectionism, doubt, and comparison. Because in my my experience and in my opinion, those three things are rooted in judgment, and the whole book was really looking at how I had been in constant judgment of myself and of others.
1: Right. Hmm. Those are those are some interesting three key elements there. What, um, so what do you? What do you? Can you expound on some of the, on on those three? How okay. how you kind of take them through them?
2: Absolutely. So with the perfectionism, what I, what I realized, I actually had, um, the relationship I had with perfectionism was all backwards. And so what I noticed was we need, I needed to redefine perfectionism. What I had noticed in my life was that perfectionism for me was always that thing out there. It was if I, if I did something the right way, quote unquote, if I did it, you know, the way you wanted it done, if I did it the way I wanted it done, then it was, quote-unquote, perfect. And, again, that was all because I was afraid. This is what I learned through the book, that all of these were shields or defenses for the, seeing the truth of who I really am. So my perfectionism, this need to go out and either look perfect, be perfect, do perfect, was really covering up the truth that I already am perfect within. Uh, and again, redefining the word perfect, not perfect as in everything the way I want right. it to go or the way I want it to be, but perfect as in the way it is meant to be. And if you're religious, it may be the way God intended it to be, or if you're spiritual, the way that the universe wants it to be, but there's this inherent perfection in all things if we can release our need for it to be my way and so that was one of my big discoveries and big ah ahas was this perfectionism that I was striving for on the outside was keeping me from the perfection on the inside that had been there all along and so for me it was about revealing that and then embracing that and living from that perfection Mm -hmm. doubt had a similar journey you know this the idea of this incessant doubting myself and, oh, I don't, what if I do this or what if I did that or should I do this or should I do that, actually was distracting me from this deep certainty that lives within each of us, this deeper knowing. And that doesn't mean that we won't experience uncertainty, this idea of, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen in the next five minutes. There's no way we possibly could ever know that. That's where faith comes in. So a lot of times we look at faith and doubt as being opposites, right? If I'm, if I'm, if I have faith, then I don't doubt. Well, I shift that a little bit. We can have utter faith that things will go as they are meant to go, that things will turn out well, that we are supported. Again, depending on your beliefs, you might describe faith a little differently. And at the same time, still experience uncertainty. So experiencing uncertainty does not mean we aren't faithful. It just means that I can say I have utmost faith that everything will turn out well and I will be supported and I am supported and I have no clue what that's going to look like. I have no idea how that's going to happen. And so I noticed that turning my doubt into more of embracing uncertainty was the key. So taking this incessant, I don't know, how will it happen, that was just distracting me. And so it was coming back to the the um, uncertainty that exists in all things while embracing the faith. So there's that, that component as well. And then we look at comparison and the comparison of, again, this idea that I'm different from you, I'm separate from you, which was really just distracting and keeping me from the truth that we are all connected and that we are all the same. And if I could get a scrape away my need to be better than or less than, again, all distracting me from the truth that what I see in you is within me. What is already in you is already within me. And so that means if you have what I desire, I can know that that is also something that is possible for me. And if you have something that really annoys the crap out of me, guess what? <laughs> I need to look within as well because there's probably some cleaning up I need to do, right? So all of a sudden, the comparison serves me as an opportunity to see how we are more similar than dissimilar.
1: Very good. That's, You know, you had said something earlier, and it it just kind of struck me as, you know, I think that's true with a lot of people is when you were talking about, you know, you said you look at your life and, and you thought you had all this stuff to do, but yet you hadn't suffered enough. Please, don't, don't ever feel bad that you haven't suffered enough because it's not fun. <laughs> but, you know, I often do that, too. And I was always taught to put myself in somebody else's shoes. That no matter how bad your life is, there's somebody that's got it much worse. I mean, like what my show is all about is trying to inspire people to look towards the good and and see the light at the end of the tunnel or see that there that you have it better than someone else. And when I look at everything that I've gone through in my life, every time I have had to overcome something, it's like, okay, yes, I was date raped. Okay. Somebody else had it worse than me. I mean that's how that's how I made it through. Is you just have to look at that in a different form and in, in a different perspective and say, you can go on from this, you're you're not dead in the water, you can continue, you just have to find that that peace or um, that something that's missing to make you get over that hump. So when you said that, I was thinking, that's so true. Every time, you know, you think you've got it bad, there's somebody that's got it worse out there and that you should be grateful that that's all you've got <laughs> or that's all that happened to you.
2: right.
1: Right. So.
2: And I found it fascinating that that was hard for me to come to terms with, mostly because I think I had a sense, and there are a few out there maybe who can really resonate with this, of I felt guilty that I hadn't gone through yeah. that. And it was almost as in for me to say, oh, because I absolutely agree, to say, to see how others do have it worse in order to then see how good you have it, right, in, in, in the midst of some horrific experiences is such a powerful uplifter an encourager, yeah. and encourager and... For me, because I felt like I hadn't yet gone there, I felt guilty, and I had to finally realize that m- my suffering is not going to help anyone else's suffering, right? It's no. not going to—I'm not in a position, then, to be of any service. So right. I, had, I had to come to my—it's it, it like the other version. Mm-hmm. It's like a mirror of that experience that you have, right, of saying, I don't have it as bad as others. That lifts you up, and then I had to say, I don't need to suffer, as bad as others so that I can also lift it up and together we can all
1: rise alright well let's let's hold off right there we're going to go to commercial one more time and or two more times I guess but if you'll wait around for us folks we are going to be back with Amanda Johnson
0: sometimes feel powerless over your own life does it seem like you're living for someone else unsure of what your purpose is or if you even have an important voice It's time to take back that control. Tune in to Empowered with Des and Jen. They've been in the same place and have learned to regain control of their lives. They also feature amazing guests who share experiences of how they have found success. Start on your journey by listening Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment.
3: Have you left the cage that held you back but
1: find yourself in the wild of your life wondering, what do I do now? I'm Dr. Lisa Cooney and today, I'm going to give you the tools to answer that question. Regardless of the issue, your choices of the past no longer need to haunt you. You have the power to change that and to create from a space of fun and ease. How different can your life be? Find out. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, Noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
3: Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
0: To Chantel Inspires. To reach the show, call in to 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. Or send an email to Chantel at ChantelInspires.com. Now, back to this week's show.
1: And welcome back. We are here today visiting with Amanda Johnson. She's the author of. becoming, whoops, sorry, <laughs> oh goodness, it's becoming one of those enough. days, be- the becoming heroine's enough, heroine's The heroine's journey <laughs> to the already perfect self. <laughs> I was lost in the, the whole commercial thing, so <laughs> that's just another blonde moment for you folks. Yeah, Here we you, go.
2: <laughs> you know, Chantal, you have no idea how many moments I've been able to be faced with how imperfect our perfection is you know what I mean so I love it I love I chuckle every time uh I remember someone sent something out about uh an interview I did with them right when the book was coming out and there was like a like she misspelled my name or something and I just chuckled because I thought oh of course of course you know <laughs> it's what yeah, I'm here you know, to do me <laughs> what I'm here for so I love it
1: it's perfect it's perfect <laughs> It's perfect. That's right. It's perfect. So Amanda, please tell us again where we can find your book because it it's just a wonderful wonderful thing and I think there's a lot of people that can can really get some value out of this because I think we're all struggling with trying to be perfect in an imperfect world.
2: <laughs> yeah, where can we find it? For sure. Yes. Find it on Amazon.com, search Becoming Enough, it'll pop right up. You can get the paperback or the Kindle. Um, that's going to be your easiest way to get a copy in your hands.
1: Wonderful. Okay, so we were just kind of talking about uh, the things in your book, the the components, the three components. Are there any? Is there anything else that you wanted to uh, cover in that book, or do you want to wrap that, summar, summarize it a little
2: bit? And yeah.
1: just want sure. to make sure everybody... I,
2: yeah, I feel like with the book, um, again, you know, it's taking us through perfectionism, doubt, comparison, and for me it was coming to a place of being non-judgmental. In all of those areas, they're so not judging uh, my perfectionism or my doubt or comparison, and then really transforming my relationship with each of those. And I think that is something for many of us because those those areas get sticky, and we get tripped up, and we find ourselves going into this, you know, paralyzing perfectionism, or this, you know, kind of constant comparison, or this debilitating doubt of our lives. And I do offer. I wouldn't say necessarily advice, but I do offer, you know, the tools or the the practices or the concepts that I've learned along the way that shows me. That I also believe serve so many. These are not new lessons. These are not new concepts. These are things that have been passed down for um, millennia at this point, and yet we can never hear them too many times. And and then I I wrap the book up. You know, of course, the, the hero hero's journey, the heroine's journey, is that. Um, You know, the the hero returns or the heroine returns home with this treasure. And, of course, the treasure was in in realizing that I am already all of these things, right? I am already perfect. I already have a a sense of certainty within me that I never knew existed. And I do have this, this quality of being connected with all things. And to me, that was so... Vital on this journey, and and then this is the beginning. And I even say this in the book: this is not the end. This is very much the beginning. Because now that I remember that I am enough, now that I remember that I am already whole and complete, I am ready to soar. I am ready to expand. I am ready to accept everything that life presents to me. And that's where the second book, uh, which I am currently working on, will take us. It will take us a little deeper into who we truly are, and how do we accept that? How do we get out of resisting? Um, how do we move away from resisting who we truly are and really accept it and lean into it even more?
1: Oh, So when so you're working on the second book as we speak, correct? Yes. Yes, in the work. It is
2: in process. Yeah. A little, as of now, I actually had a set... I had set a, a release date purely on my own. There was no reason to set it other than my own need to give myself a deadline. And <laughs> I released myself from that because I actually noticed that it was um, it wasn't allowing me the creative freedom I needed for this second book. I also see that there's still more to be done with the first book. The first book, I think, still even though she's you know we're now entering her second year, I I know she has a lot more to say, she has a bigger impact to make in the world, so I see myself doing more publicity, more promotion, more speaking with that book, and the second book will then be, you know, coming into completion. So I don't have a, an expected date yet. It very well could still be written this year, and it may not, you know, be released until next year sometime, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it, and it will continue with the Becoming series, and the title is Becoming You. And then more more to come as it reveals itself to me in the writing process.
1: Yeah. Well, it's good that you're able to understand and that you can foresee that, you know, it's it needs more time and you can release yourself from that deadline because a lot of times people set the deadline and then they rush to get it done and then it's not done wholeheartedly. You know, it it just feels like gosh, there is something missing. So it's good that you're able to do that and realize that cuz I know I know with my book too with the uh, homefront warriors now that it's been out for a couple of years I I just know there's more stuff I can do with it and there's more people that mm-hmm. I can help with it because the more it's out there and the more people talk about oh my gosh I was going through the same thing and nobody understands you know it's I do want to write another book or two but it's I have to finish up with this one so that's mm,
2: wonderful.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, now, let's go back to your speaking. You said you've been speaking on, on the first book. What kind of uh, events do you speak at? Or what do you look for? Or are you looking for yeah. to speak?
2: Yeah. Well, absolutely. Always open to, to more. Uh, so far, I've had the pleasure of doing Local events in Sioux Falls, mainly. I've done um, a few empowerment events at local boutiques, Chelsea's Boutique being one of them. I've done a talk at the library on the book. I've had the pleasure of speaking at a few churches in the area, Um, even traveled into Minnesota to do an event at another. Boutique flash event space, uh, when the book was first released. So, you know, at Great. this point, I've done fairly small audiences and, and looking to expand that into, you know, as, as it's right to speak more, I feel a calling to speak more with, with young, you know, young people, with students, um, high school colleges, and, and then even, you know, broader, to broader stages. I think the message, the message of becoming enough. And, you know, any subsequent book I write, they all will tie back to these, like I said, these foundational themes of non-judgment, non-resistance, non-attachment, and and really how that serves me in in everything that I share and teach. Uh, I feel like there is so much to share on that and and speak to a wide array of uh, audiences, actually. More speaking yet to come.
1: That's great because it's a wonderful, wonderful message and there's I like the fact that you're going into the younger generations because that I, I really think they are starved for this because okay. I feel and this is just my opinion um, agree or disagree, but with all of the social media and all of the um, access we have and you know no privacy almost, these kids and young adults are getting um subjected to things that are just almost unattainable and they and they're trying to attain them maybe not for themselves but for the glory of others or for attention or whatever it is but it's not for them and sometimes it's hurting them more than helping them and you know I'm not sure what you think but I think going into the schools and the in the colleges is, is a wonderful idea if we can catch these these the the youth, I should say, uh, before it gets too out of hand, if it hasn't been already.
2: <laughs> oh, I, I couldn't agree more. I think, I mean, social media, even as you know, as an adult, has an impact, and I can only imagine being a much more highly susceptible, uh, less emotionally evolved being at a, at a younger age, just because that's where we're at in our development. What a what an imprint that's having on them, and how that is. I, I, I often say I am so grateful that Facebook did not exist when I was in high school because I can't I just oh. know how hard it was for me already that uh-huh. I can't imagine. And of course now it's it's Instagram or Snapchat or whatever. I mean they probably may use Facebook, but still just this uh-huh. idea that it, it I can imagine it is compounding what was already um, a quite widely spread quote unquote issue. So yes, I think it is an important message and I'm seeing what I'm excited about is that I'm seeing more and more organizations and, and teachers and writers and authors speaking about this. And so that is to me very inspiring and very, um, you know, encouraging that we are, this message is becoming broader, it is becoming wider spread because we need it. We need everybody knowing that who they are is already enough and, and whatever language they need to hear that in. But that's the idea of... Um, that I think is essential and especially for our youth
1: yeah because they're just I just think they're just so bombarded with things that are completely out of their control and and they just don't know where to turn so um, alright well gosh that finishes our our, our segment there we're going to go to commercial hopefully you will return with our wonderful guest Amanda Johnson and we will be right back
0: to Chantel Inspires to reach the show call in to 1-888-346-9141 that's 1-888-346-9141 or send an email to Chantel at ChantelInspires.com now back to this week's show
1: Okay, welcome back. We we're just having a little chuckle off air there. <laughs> we are here with Amanda Johnson, the author of Becoming Enough, A Heroine's Journey to the Already Perfect Self. If you as listeners have any questions, we have just a few more minutes left in the show. We would love to hear from you. If you have some questions for Amanda or myself, we would love to answer them. Um, I know I am pretty much an open book and it sounds like Amanda said she is too, so <laughs> Call in and see, uh, see if there's anything we can answer for you. Now, Amanda, tell us one more time where we can find your book.
2: Absolutely. You can find it on Amazon, easy peasy, Kindle, or paperback. Just search for Becoming Enough.
1: All right. Now, we were just kind of talking about she's gonna she's been doing some speaking. Uh, she wants to get into uh, maybe some colleges, uh, schools, try to get into the youth um, and spread the message there. So if you guys need a speaker, please feel free to contact Amanda. Amanda, how
2: can they contact you? Sure. Uh, email Amanda at AmandaJohnson.tv. I know I had to go with a a unique Mm -hmm. URL because my name is so common. Or you can go to my website, amandajohnson.tv, and that will give you all of my other contact information, social media, etc. All right. And
1: she is definitely, I can vouch for for Miss Amanda. She actually helped me write my book, Homefront Warriors. Um, I clearly am not. A wizard with words. Um, I had the story in my head. I wrote it all down, and she fixed it for me. <laughs> so, Amanda, <laughs> tell us about some of your <laughs> some of your um, writing side jobs. How can uh, what can you do for other people to help them? Because I know that there are some people out there that want to write a book and maybe have no clue as to where to begin. And can you help them with that? And how, what is your process?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yes, I can. And it, I, it's just become more and more clear to me um, since, in, since writing my, my book, but even before that, when I was supporting authors like yourself and others to bring their books into the world, that this really is uh, an area of... of just It lights me up. I, I feel inspired by it. I know it's one of the gifts I'm here to share. And so my you can actually find out all about my writing services on my website. Um, but yes, my, my, my intention here, my mission is to help others reveal and express more of who they truly are, and I think that is done at times through sharing our words, sharing our message, sharing our books. Not, not everyone feels called to write a book, but those who do, I feel... Um, need to get it out. They need to share it and they need to do it in a way that is as inspiring as it can be. And so what I'm here to do is everything from holding your hand from the very beginning of the process, what I would call, you know, clarity and intention setting. I can support you through that journey. I can support you through the developmental process of the book. You know, a lot of times we don't think about what all goes into the writing process and like anything in life, it sometimes... Is necessary to have that that coach, that mentor, that guide walking beside you, holding you accountable. And I imagine Chantal you can speak to this with your your experience. I can, from my book, mm-hmm. my book writing experience, I had someone who was there supporting me along the way, and I can say without a smidgen of doubt that that is why the book came into the world when it did, because I knew. Someone was there waiting for me, was supporting me, was giving me feedback. And that's what I will offer others. I will be there as your guide, your mentor, your editor. I go down all the way to the proofreading level. So everything from the high-level developmental structure and support all the way down to you're ready to actually get this book into the world, I will offer you all of the this- Um, proofreading and editing that you need and on my website as I mentioned I have different packages and different ways that I can support you depending on where you're at in your process and what you're looking for
1: That's wonderful I I know um, you really helped me out because when I was writing my book uh, like you said it all comes at a certain time and for me I had thought about writing the book years ago back in 2008 when John was overseas and I kept telling people my story about, oh, yeah, this is going on and this is going on. And people are like, we had no idea. You need to tell people this. And then I thought, you know, I should really write a book. And then I thought, no, nobody wants to listen to me complaining, you know. So so then I kind of put it on the back burner. And then all of a sudden it came up, what was it, six, seven years later? And something just told me now's the time to do it and i went in and i here's my process of writing i would take my son to hockey at 6 a.m. wait there at the hockey rink for an hour while he was at practice and i i just typed it out that's how i did my book and it just right. came to me because i lived it so it wasn't anything that i had to imagine and then i took my words which were pretty much a jumbled mess but it was my idea and my words and i and i brought it to you and you just made it beautiful <laughs> so mm-hmm. she does wonderful <laughs> well, work she yeah. really does and I have to tell you there was somebody else that uh tried to help me with the book and it it went completely in the wrong direction and I said no this is this is not it mm-hmm. and then Amanda came along and she redid everything and it was so much better
2: <laughs> so oh, well she thank is, you and it was such a pleasure to work with that Yeah, and I was going to say that it's actually something else that I I don't highlight, but yeah, even if you have the story or the idea, because not everyone is, some people want to use their own words, they want to write it themselves, Mm -hmm. and some people, they say, you know, I got the idea, I I have the message, and I need help sharing that in a certain way, and and I would be honored to support in that way as well.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay, that's great. Now,
2: um... But I love the, the process. Everyone has a different process. I love it.
1: right. Now, I suppose you just kind of go with a different process with whatever your client has going for them or works best for them.
2: Yeah, and I would say, you know, my what I what I like to do when, I, when I'm offering, you know, most clients is to say, let's let's start from, the, I, I personally like to look at it as a whole package. Like, I want, you know, you want to write a book, I want to ha- help you write your book. I call it cover to cover, right? So let's, from the get-go, even if you've got some you know, ideas jotted down or you've got the, you know, um, a rough draft, or maybe you're just like, I have this burning idea and I need to get it out. any stage, I can come in and say, great, so let's start. Let's get clear. We're going to start with that. We're going to get really crystal clear on why you're writing the book. Why you? Why do you need to share this message? We're also going to talk about who your audience is. We're going to talk about Um, what it's going to feel like to have this book completed. So we're going to get really clear on that so that we can then frame the book, get clear on what you're trying to say, and then we're going to get clear on how you want to say it. So we're going to look at that piece up front, and then I'm going to be there walking beside you to say, let's let's get the writing done. So I don't know about you, but I know for me, without having that kind of weekly check-in or that weekly accountability, This book could have taken me three years to write. It took me four months because I had someone there next to me the whole time. So, you know, it's really what's, it's incredible what's possible when we have that person cheering us on and offering us guidance and feedback. And then, you know, get you down to having a manuscript that's ready to submit for publishing or submit to an agent or however you then want to take your book and bring it into the world.
1: That's wonderful. Now, you know, Amanda, this our time is running short. We've got less than a minute left. So, please tell us one more time what is your website? How can they contact you? And, well, we'll start with that. <laughs> what is your website
2: again? Yeah, for great. Um, AmandaJohnson.tv. So it's just um, a unique ending to the URL, mm-hmm. and you can again contact me there. You can check out my writing services. Um, in how I can support you. And you can email me, Amanda, at amandajohnson.tv, or find me on social media at J.
1: Wonderful. I cannot thank you enough for for being a guest on my show. It is so wonderful to reconnect with you, Amanda. Um, Please go out and buy her book. And if you need a speaker... Go to her website, contact her, and if you need help writing a book or want to get started or just have some questions, please contact Amanda. She is wonderful, I can attest to that. She helped me with mine. Um, I'm going to close the show now. I hope that you go, you guys had a wonderful time, and I hope you enjoyed today's interview with Miss Amanda. I always call her, <laughs> and. Thank you so much for it. joining us. You are, and remember, you are the author of your own story. Wake up, be awesome, and write yourself a fairy tale ending. Until next week, thanks for being with us.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Chantel Inspires. We hope you found personal inspiration in today's show and can take control of your life as well as be a light for others. Be sure to tell others about the show and tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.